Thank you for joining us again for another chapter in Journeys with Gra in Grace. My name is Eric Hubbard, Pastor Eric Hubbard, and we today are going to study about the Bible itself. The Bible is a collection of 66 books written by 40 different authors over a 1,600-year span. Uh, the Bible is connected, it's complementary, and even and, and, and prophetic because this collection of books was woven together by the Holy Spirit and men were inspired by the Holy Spirit to write what we have the pleasure and the honor to read today. So as we go into the book and we go into the Word of God today, we're going to start in 2 Timothy 3rd chapter 14th verse <clears throat> as we seek to learn more in our journey in grace. 2 Timothy, let's start reading at the verse uh, 14 and we're going to read from 14 through 17. As we begin this study, it says, Timothy, Paul writes to Timothy, but continue thou in the things that thou hast learned and has been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture, this is Paul in the 16th verse, all scriptures given by inspiration of God. Holy men were inspired to write this book. And it's profitable. It's useful. It's profitable to the reader and the hearer of the word. It's profitable for what? For doctrine. For all of us must be found our teaching, the things that we learn and hold as truth, should be have the foundation of the word of God. So that's what he speaks by with doctrine. For reproof. When there's correction needed, whenever, whether it's moral or spiritual or whatever that correction may be, we have a reference point from doctrine, and this doctrine is good for reproof. Then it says for correction. All of us at one point of time in life will need a course correction. No matter how long you've been saved, no matter uh, how long, uh, whether you're one day or uh, 50 years, there's always room for uh, God to speak to us, and we, when we have that that heart, that soft heart, that heart that allows God to speak to us and, and give us that course correction. I remember a story told by one of, uh, my, one of my favorite ministers about how that when he interviewed one of the astronauts that went to the moon, how that journey went. And he told him, he said, how did the, uh, how did, when you, when you, as you were left the earth and you, were, you guys were pointed toward the moon, how did you get there? He said there were constantly course correction. He said we could go 10 to 15 minutes, and like seemingly every 15 minutes we had to check ourselves because although they had navigation and they had maybe a line of sight they could see, they could, they could, the, the, the instrumentation would tell them you are so many uh, degrees off, and they would have to make a course correction because they had a landing point, an entry point, a uh, place on the moon, rather, landing zone, that they were determined that they were going to reach. And as they followed the navigation, and as they did course corrections, they were able to uh, land on the moon and successfully uh, uh, eject themselves back to earth a few days later. But my whole point in saying this is, in the Christian life, in the believer's life, in the life of grace, we will have times when we will have to make course corrections. And this is where we get it from. Uh, the inspired word of God, as the Holy Spirit moves us, as leaders and, and men and women uh, expound on the word of God, and the Holy Spirit speaks to us and says, yes, this is a place that you need to make a course correction. Then he says, for instructions. No, the Bible doesn't, won't give you, uh, which, may not tell you which car to buy. 
It may not tell you which house to buy, but it does have general general uh, direction that we can follow. When it talks about how that uh, whenever a man would go out to war, he should count the cost to see whether his uh, army can defeat the army that's coming to oppose him. It's the same manner we should consider when you're buying a house or buying a car. Do you have the funds? Do Are you in financial shape to buy this $100,000, $200,000, $300,000 house? Just the same for cars today would seemingly go up in the same amount of price range. But we should have uh, uh, the Bible as our foundation so that when we make, this, make, uh, make decisions that we begin to pray and to just uh, consider, Lord, what would you have me to do? And he will speak to you through scripture. You know, there's, there's prophecy we can receive, and I, and I love prophecy, and, and have given words of, wisdom, words of wisdom and word of knowledge at, at times. But our chief direction is the word of God. So let's finish up the 16th verse. He says again, all scripture is given for inspiration of, by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, where? In righteousness. For that's where we are and, where, and how the decisions we should make should be based on uh, our life as righteous men and women who, who, should, who are the light of the world. For they will not, no one, Jesus will not come back and walk the earth, but yet he does walk the earth in every believer. You're the only Jesus that many people are going to see. They're not, they don't, before they, if uh, they become Christian or become believers, they, you are the example. When they see your life, they see how you act. And, res- and, and respond under pressure. How do you act when things go wrong in your life or things go wrong on the job or when you receive criticism? If you're complaining or, or cursing or, 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 or spouting back as, as the unbeliever, then what light are we giving off? But when we respond in love, and love will correct you. Love will, uh, uh, love will sometimes fire you. But when we walk in the word, God gives us direction, and when we use it as God would have us to use it in love, in uh, 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 humility, and we allow the, the Lord to speak to us, we are then become those lights that inspire others to come and walk in this walk that we have. Verse number 17, it says that the man of God, or just, we could say so that the man or woman of God may be perfect, Thoroughly furnished unto all good work. And that word perfected means complete. God has equipped us with all things that we need. For the writer says in Ephesians, that we, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds. Our weapons are, we use the word of God, but we use the word of God with wisdom and with prudence, meaning as Paul said, all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. When, when someone comes to you with a false accusation or uh, want to argue and debate, you have the right to defend yourself. But is it the right time? If someone coming in, 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 in abrupt anger and wants, to, wants, to, wants a confrontation, sometimes silence is your best weapon. Sometimes, many times, we should practice the ministry of silence. When you see that spirit of anger and, and, and jealousy on someone and they're looking for a confrontation, it doesn't mean that you back down or cower away, but you must, we must learn to use wisdom in how we treat people because we are the light of the world. So this is, again, as we begin to study the scripture and study the Bible, this is why the Bible was given to us. The word of God was given to us. 
For Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. There's life in the word. There's life in the thing that uh, uh, the words that were written by the authors of the scripture. And as we take them and apply them to our lives, it will bring about a, a metamorphosis as uh, the example of the caterpillar turning into a beautiful butterfly. It changes us from the inside out. As at many times I've quoted the scripture, as we, if you listen to Journeys in Grace at times, you've heard me say, we are clean, we are washed by the word. It's the washing of the water of the word for the believer that will bring us to a place of, of, of maturity. God doesn't employ Satan. Satan is on his own employment. His job is to, uh, the Bible says, to kill, steal, and destroy. But what did Jesus say? Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So Jesus and the word of God is here to counter what the world has to offer. God doesn't need Satan to uh, correct us because he said the word is our correction. And God himself will, cor will correct. It's just as though, you know, you know, uh, the evil person down the street wishing to um, uh, manipulate or kill or destroy your children. Or if you like it, you want to teach your children about electricity, you give them a, 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 a knife or a fork and say, here, stick this in the wall. That's cruel. And if someone else saw you that, what would they do? They put you, they, they send you to jail. And they separate you from your children because what would they say? You have no love for your child. Why would you tell them to, oh, let me teach you about a hot stove. Here, take your hand and put it on this hot stove, this burning stove, this red stove. No, you will be put into jail and minimum separated from your child. Why? Because you are unfit father or you are unfit mother. And that's the same way that many who would say that God employs Satan, you are saying that you know what God unleashes God as uh, uh, is an unjust God. That the earthly fathers and mothers, who we would expect more, we expect you would expect more of your, of a of a father or a mother. If my children told you that you know you know how my how my our dad taught us you know he was teaches about snakes he dropped us in a snake pit that's foolishness but some many would say that's how God you know God just brought this on me God does not bring on sickness he does not bring on disease he does not bring he is not the one that made uh, brought about unemployment he does not start wars but we live in a fallen world and what I mean by a fallen world that when Adam and Eve went against God. And when Eve was deceived and, and Adam decided he chose to follow Eve rather than to follow God because Adam knew better. He was given the commandment. But because when they did, the whole earth went into chaos because the, the ruler of it, Adam, had abdicated. He had given up his lawful right to be God of this world, as it says in uh, Psalms 82 and 6. He we are gods. Little G, not big G. We're not a God Almighty. We're not omnipotent. I'm not present. We're not that God. But we are the sons and daughters of God. We are his, 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 his special people, as it says in First Peter. We are a chosen generation. We are called out one. And that's why the Bible is written, because God wanted to instruct his people. And as the latter verse says in 17, that the man of God may be perfect, complete, Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now let's go to uh, the book of St. John. Another reason why the Bible is written, because it's written to testify of Jesus. It's the testimony. 
of which all, if we will uh, uh, submit ourselves to God and allow ourselves to be instructed by him, in St. John 5.39, we'll see here where Apostle John was, uh, where the word of God is being uh, talked about, by Jesus rather, and written by John. I'm going to start at 38. He says, and you have not his word abiding in you. And he's talking about God's word. For whom he has sent, him you believe not. He began, Jesus began to talk to those who were around him because they would not believe that the son of Mary, the son of the virgin, was the son of God because they beheld him with their eyes, but they could not perceive him by spirit. That's why the scripture says uh, uh, that, 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 that the letter killeth. To try to live the, uh, the Christian life in your, own, in your own strength, doing everything your own way, is, to, is, a, is a path to death. Because if you're only obeying the letter, if you only try to do whether it's from, from Genesis to Revelation, if you're going to do it in your own strength, you're going to get to God by your own way and neglect the Son of God you, and deny Him, then you will not live and have a successful journey at all. And you are not traveling in grace when you decide, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to get my revenge. I'm going to get my prosperity. I'm going to make my own decisions. Nobody. I heard one man say, nobody going to tell me what to do. When he would begin to be witness to about who God was, and he began to com comment on the Christian life, he said, nobody going to tell me what to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. That person is, is headed for a, 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 a destructive end. 39th verse. Jesus says, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And these, and they are they, these are they, my word, these are they which testify of me. And that's what Jesus was telling them. If you begin to read in Genesis all the way to his current time, uh, he was getting to tell them that the scriptures testify of me. They, uh, uh, as, as Moses testified of him, Abraham did. David testified in Psalms 22. Isaiah in uh, chapter 6, chapter 11, and and. And, uh, and all as you begin to read from Isaiah 39 through 66 talks about Messiah coming and who he was. So the Bible testifies. And the reason why we have the Bible today, because it testifies of Jesus and who he is. Then we're going to go in the same book, uh, St. John chapter 17. Uh, and around verse 17. So St. John chapter 17, verse 17. All right, you ready? Let's read. He says, and again, let's go back to verse 16, just to uh, uh, 15 to get a good understanding. St. John 17, 15, Jesus began to say, I pray not that they should be, that you would take them out of the world, but that you, but thou shouldest keep them from the evil. Jesus began to talk to the father about what he wanted the father to do for his disciples and those who would come uh, and believe on what the disciples had taught. He said, Lord, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. Verse 15. I pray not that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil. 
See, back in the day, when uh, in the days of the elders, when there was such a hard time for, especially for uh, for most races, and especially for blacks and other minorities in this country, uh, and especially in in, in the 1800s and the slavery, and you know, now we are learning more and more about all the the uh, discrimination and bigotry and all the different things. And again, I'm not making this about color because there has been discrimination and and bigotry in all races and all cultures. Cultures, you'll find that when people uh, many times when they want to feel better, they try, they find somebody to look down upon because they seem to think that makes them better or bigger. If I can call out your faults, and me and you and I are in the same situation, but because you're a different color, different race, different uh, color, or different culture, if I can put you down, then I feel so much better about myself. So, but here, what Jesus is saying is, he said, I, I, I want Father, I don't want you I want you to keep them from the evil, but don't take them out because they have got to be the example that the world would see. Verse 15, verse 16 says, And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they may also be sanctified. How? Through the truth. The word of God is the truth. Be the book of Romans says, Let every man be a lie. But God is truth. It doesn't matter if, if, so what if some don't believe? Should it make the Son of God, the Word of God, another effect? It does not matter who doesn't believe. The president doesn't believe it. If the Supreme Court, all, of the, uh, all, the, all the justice of the Supreme Court, if every senator, every representative said that uh, the Bible is no longer valid and void and, and, and uh, should be taken out, it doesn't matter. It's the, God's Word is whole, is complete, and it is truth. It's affected effect, it's today. Jesus Christ saying today, yesterday, today, and forever. Why? Because the word of God is God's word. Not my word, God's word. Let's go on. Jesus, I'm just, just a little explanation. When we're talking about sanctification, you know, it used to be a word that people would, uh, 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 using a big word, vilify or uh, want to make evil because they felt as though people were putting themselves in another class, and they were. Because sanctification is not about what you do, or what we, what I do, is what God does for me. Again, we are cleansed by the washing of the water of the Word, and sanctify means to is to clean or make holy, separate, set apart. Again, it means to be clean, and and the blood of Jesus Christ is the only thing that can do that. Then, then and by process. The word of God works on our uh, on our hearts, but our spirit is clean. Whenever we appear before God now, we don't go as a beggar and oh God, uh, oh forgive me for all of this and that. God, you see how miserable I am, and God, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. Not the New Testament believer. If you are a believer, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, the words that come boldly before the Son of God, not in your own uh, strength. But I come in his name. Jesus said, I have to hit he said, now. He said, you can ask in my name. Anything you ask in my name, my father will do it. And remember, it's what you ask in his name according to grace. If grace has provided it, it is for you. Every promise of God is yes and amen. Now let's go to uh, the book of Ephesians 5.25. Because Jesus is the one that has justified us and made us holy. Again, Ephesians 5, I'm going to speed up a little bit. I'm uh, seemingly talking about every scripture, every word. Ephesians 5th chapter, I'm going to start to read around verse 25. 
Let's see if I can stick to the scripture this time. Uh, and we, in, in, in this scripture, <laughs> I've already started, in, uh, in these next few verses, it talks about how that Christ loves his church. And in particular, what he expects of, not only of a husband, but of himself. Verse number 25, that he may sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That's Christ talking about his church. 27, 27 says that he may present it to himself a what? A glorious church. Why? Because the word has washed that church. Not Satan. Satan doesn't make you holy. His, his uh, trial don't make you holy. It's the word of God that makes us holy. He says, but that it should be holy and without blemish. And then the next verse says, so all men to love their wives at their own body. He that loves his wife loves himself. But in the context of this, he was telling men, men, you love your wives as Christ loved the church. And we know what Jesus did. He sacrificed himself. He died. He took on all manner of sin and disease and affliction and all contempt. But he paid the price in full. What is he telling the man to do? If you love your wife as Christ loved the church, she will honor you because she's knowing you're willing to put your life on the line. The word of God is a lie, as I said earlier. And again, just to uh, find this in the book of, book of uh, St. John 6 and 63. 6, 63. And it reads, It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. Again, going back to the, uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit and being led by God's uh, spirit that's within you. Every believer gets the spirit. If you read the book of Romans, the 8th chapter, he says that he that hath not the spirit of God is none of his. Meaning, when you are saved, the Holy Spirit comes on the inside of you. But when we're talking about the speaking in tongues and walking in the power of God, you can have that, that baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is just a second act of salvation. As I said earlier, you don't have to speak in tongues, and you still go to heaven. It just means because you don't have the Holy Spirit, it means you're going to get there quicker because you don't have, you decided you don't want to walk in the power. But having the Holy Spirit is just you simply surrendering to God and say, Lord, fill me. And he will fill your, uh, he will fill you and baptize you with the Holy Spirit and, 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 and let, and you will be able then to do the works that Christ has done. That 61st verse says, It is the spirit that quickens. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit, and they are life. Okay? So let's just keep going down now as we begin to wind up today. It says, that If you are, I just wrote this down. It says, um, The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Man at his creation was just like God. Man is and is a speaking spirit, and it's a, that's what Adam was given. Adam is, Adam at his creation was a speaking spirit when God gave him dominion. And whatever Adam called the animal, the flower, whatever uh, appeared before he and Eve in the garden, they spoke it and it came to pass because Adam not only was given a job to, to, to manage the garden, but he was given dominion and power over every living thing. And to re finish up what I wrote, it said, man has creation was given like God, a was a speaking spirit. Adam gave command and was given dominion in the earth, calling those things that were not, meaning he was just like God. God called light out of darkness. He called land out of water. 
He called uh, uh, trees when there were no seeds. He called and he spoke to the tree and the grass and all the and all the uh, uh, plants and animals that we see today. He put seed in them, just like he put seed in man. And just as we have a heart that can receive the word. If you believe, go back and read uh, John 10th chapter. He said the word is the seed. When Jesus was talking about um, uh, the, the different types of ground. The word of God is a seed. It's all about what you are willing to read. Whatever you put in your heart is going to grow. If all you put is the, is, the, is the evils of this world, all of the contamination that we see in the news, as all of you do is watch the news, the news, and you read the newspapers, read all the commentary and all the debates about what's right, who's right, this right, that right, and nobody consults with God, you can be just as carnal as a goat with no spiritual understanding, with no spiritual insight, not able to hear. Jesus will be speaking, but you won't be able to hear it because you're so calm, meaning you're so earthly, you are earthly bound. You give no time to reading the scripture. You give no time to meditation. No time for God so that God can speak to us. But all of us have been in that position. You want to, if, when, when we want to get out of it, whenever I found myself in that position where I'm so busy with, with, with work and so busy with family and none of those things are, are bad. Being, uh, you're raising kids, if you have a family, if you're married, you should be concerned. You should be about your husband. You should be about family. But there also should be a time that where we give to God every day in prayer, in meditation, whether you're driving, you can, you can drive and pray. You can walk and pray. You can put, uh, that's got, they got the Bible on, on audio. You can listen to the Bible on CD or on uh, a flash drive, uh, your laptop. Off of, uh, you know, you can get an audio Bible and listen to it as you walk. There's so many ways that we can absorb the word of God. But you can't do it unless you take the time. Time is the most expensive substance that we have. And yet, it goes about and it it's, it's expires every day. You only have so many minutes Second, seconds, minutes, hours, weeks, and months, and years on this planet. It's up to us to make sure we utilize what God has given us. That scripture you're going to read today is Hebrews, the fourth chapter. <clears throat> Hebrews 4. Let me pull it up here. Hebrews 4, round verse number 12. Hebrews 4, verse 12. And the writer here is talking about the word of God. He says, I'm going to cheat. <laughs> go, go back to uh, verse number uh, 11. He says, let us therefore labor to enter into that rest. And what the writer of Hebrews is saying is, our labor should be in our reading, meditating, and studying on the word of God. Whenever God asks us to do something, sure, he may ask us to do a task or whatever. But the majority of the work that you, God asks you to do is going to be in trusting and believing in his word and watching him work. He may give you an assignment, but if, it's, but if you can complete everything that God gave you, you need to go back again and see if he, is he really was God. Because God wants you to be able to give him glory. He wants us, he wants me, all of us, to give him glory. And so that men 
as uh, the book of Matthew said, so that men will see your good works and glorify God, which is in heaven. So in other words, they may look at you and say, I know that you were the one that led the team. But I can't tell you how you got the results when the same team uh, was only at 50% for the last five years. And then in, in six months, you brought them up to 100% and the best performing team in the, in the company, if not the company, if not the country, rather, because... By of, of the anointing that comes from submitting ourselves to God. And let's go on. And now he talks about in the 12th verse. He says, for the word of God, the Bible, that we hold, may hold in your hand, whether it's on, on a phone, iPad, iPhone, uh, Kindle, uh, the paper Bible, wherever the format you have the Bible in. Um, it says, for the word of God is what? Quick. Powerful. Think about these words. Sharper. Than any two-edged sword, piercing, even to the dividing sunder of what of soul and and spirit. That same Bible, even piercing to the dividing asunder, it'll divide soul and spirit. It will divide joint and marrow. It is the discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. The Word of God is so potent. God could even speak to your intentions and tell you what you were going to do or thinking about to do before you even do it. Because he sent his word to us and for us. His word became flesh. And that was Jesus Christ. Now Jesus said, as, as he, after he ascended up into heaven, as the apostle said, by the foolishness of the preaching of the gospel. Well, men were saying, why should I believe in a man who has the same issues as I do? It's not the man, it's the spirit in the man. And go even further, the spirit in the word. You have to believe in the word that's being spoken. And the Bible says in, in, in uh, the book of Hebrews, it says that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You have to seek God. And, that, and the way to find God is through his word. And trusting in what's being written and knowing that he's for you. I pray that you receive something today. Father, we just pray today for any of those who may be listening who don't know you, Lord. I pray, Father, for the salvation of their soul. And I pray that you would repeat after me, Father, I give my heart to you. I receive your son as my savior. Lord, thank you for, for, for being my savior, for being my God. And now I walk in your word I thank you for being a member of the family of God. Lord, lead me to a God to a to a, to a Bible-believing church so that I can grow and learn thereby. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Be blessed on your journeys in grace. Amen.